Ladies and gentlemen, we talked a lot of trash and the day of reckoning is here. Brett Rohrbach back in the studio looking for revenge, baby. Well, ladies and gentlemen, obviously that was a fake beer crack, and I never want to get, you know, the triple F. I don't ever want to disrespect it on any level and bring it down to a fake thing where y'all don't believe us, but I felt obligated this week, and Dane and I both, we talked a lot of shit last weekend, and it's going to be a rough podcast because Brent is back and actually can fight us back and has plenty to say, I'm sure. We'll get to that later, but... I feel like I deserve every word that's coming to me, and I can't, I don't deserve to fight away these demons with alcohol. So um, I'm ready to, you know, you know, look my uh, retribution in the face and, you know, take it on the chin. Dane, how are you feeling? Um, this is going to be a rough one for us. Let's let's be real honest. Yeah, I haven't been like less enthused to do a podcast since Texas Tech lost Wyoming in Week One. I knew that we were going to get our jabs that week, and I know we got it coming for us this week, rightfully so. Uh, I just got to say, Brent, before you get into it, I just want to say you've been such a great friend to me over these past couple years. I I love you. You're just such a good friend to me. Don't forget that you were in my wedding, and I just think so highly of you, and I'm just so very sorry for what I've done. And Brent, you also could potentially be in my wedding, you know, based on how this next hour goes. Uh, so just keep that in mind as well. Um, but, you know, with that being said, like like we said, rough week. Um, Dane, you know, you're kind of feeling under the weather a little bit. And part of it might be because of a disastrous hangover, I'm sure, from what seems like a great country club party. We talked about the country club, you know, not long ago. Talk just a second about what the country club means to like a small town community and a farmer like you looking to take the edge off. Do you have anything special or tender, as Brent would say, to, you know, describe your love for the O Triple C? Well, last this past weekend, we had our annual country club party. Uh, it's, it's just a, a raffle party. And uh, it's a big fundraiser for the club. It's a, a really good fundraiser for the club. And, uh, I mean, it's open bar, beef tenderloin dinner. Uh, that's one of the best meals I've ever had. Uh, I am feeling under the weather. Uh, it, it might be a prolonged hangover. It might be a little bit sick. Uh, there was a lot of dumb shit that went on that night. Uh, I don't know who convinced me to get my ear pierced, but that definitely happened. Um, but overall, it was a good time. It's it's really funny at that the country club raffle party. I mean, around here, no one really gets super dressed up and goes and does fancy things. At least not like a lot of people do. And so this deal is pretty fancy. And so everybody gets dressed up really nice and everybody just gets super drunk. It is one heck of a time. I highly recommend everybody going at least once. Well, that's off to the O triple C and everybody that worked so hard to keep it. Um, going throughout the year. Brent, it's I think it's time to rip this Band-Aid off, but before you, you know, lay into us, we talked about, you know, in our group chat, we said that you deserve your five minutes of uninterrupted talk. 
Um, but before you do that, I just want to ask you like one small question. Um, I know it was probably our worst podcast uh, in Triple F history last week. And, um, you know, what were your thoughts whenever you, you know, heard that me and Dane were going to do it together by ourselves? Did you know that, you know, that kind of slander was coming? Did you expect us to be such D-bags? Like, what was your immediate reaction whenever you heard that we were going to do it on our own? No, I did, I had no thought that you guys would just decide to rip into a and I, I, It was so, unnes- so uncalled for and, like, out of the blue. It truly confused me. All, all Eric, Eric texted me and said, have you listened to the podcast yet? And I said, no. He said, you're going to get riled up. And sure enough, I go and listen to it, and I was freaking heated. Out of nowhere. I mean, talk about uncalled for. I, I, don't even, I don't even know. I was heated. I wish. And you know what I should have done is right before this, I should have gone and listened to it again. So I got all heated up. Unfortunately, I'm in a good mood, and I've kind of calmed down. I do have a few things to say, but, you know, you guys, you know, y'all are some of my best friends. I'll try to keep it civil, but sure enough, I do have several things I would like to point out. I guess I'll just go ahead and get into it. I guess the first stat I'm going to share, you know, every every conference has a team, and I, okay, let me just start with this stat. With with Kansas, you know, their first ranking into this uh, college football playoff, there's only five teams in the Power Five conferences that have never been ranked in the college football playoff top 25 rankings. And let me name those five schools. California, Maryland, Rutgers, Vanderbilt, and Texas Tech. So my thing is, you know, every school has a van, or every every conference has a Vanderbilt, and for the SEC, that is Vanderbilt. Well, boys, I hate to say it, but the Vanderbilt of the Big Twelve is Texas Tech University. Point number one. All right. Point number two. You guys, your guys' coach. Okay, Joey McGuire. No, I'm not talking about the coach that strangled his wife. Um, I'm not talking about the coach that banged his dead brother's wife. Uh, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, not, not those coaches, but this guy, Joey McGuire. He claims that the Big 12 runs through Lubbock. Think about that. He said the Big 12 runs through Lubbock, and then I think currently Tech is standing at 8th in the conference alone right now. The Big 12, boys, it doesn't run through Lubbock, all right? A, a lot of things run through Lubbock, you know, chlamydia, all the, all sorts of things. But I tell you what, the Big 12, it doesn't run through Lubbock. And I guess while we're on the topic of Big 12, you know, you guys really wanted to shit on the SEC conference, but... If you guys get a chance, go take a look at the teams next year in the Big 12 Conference. There's not even 12, there's 16. But just go take a look at them. You guys are getting rid of, you know, besides TCU and their Cinderella story last year that didn't end up pretty, you're losing the two teams that have made this conference even relevant in the past 10 years. And and then you're picking up, you know, UCF and Cincinnati, Arizona State. 
those are some hell of a pickups, you know? Um, so before you start shitting on the SEC, just take a look at who you're playing next year. Go look at Tech's schedule. It's very favorable. I hope you guys are Big 12 contenders next year. I hope the Big 12 runs through Lubbock next year because besides Oregon, it's like a it's a, you know, it's an open book. You guys can go win every single game. So, you know, rooting for Tech next year. I hope the Big 12 runs through there next year. Uh, it'll be fun to watch. Um, other than that, I guess talking about A&M, you know, We've had a disappointing year, I will say. Like, we are underperforming. It is a huge bummer. But anytime I hear it from a Tech fan, it just doesn't mean as much because, you know, a disappointing year for A&M, which is going 8-4, and 7-5. We get, we get a lot of flack for going 8-4, and 7-5. Last year was even rougher than that. A, a, a definition of a disappointing year for A&M is – is a very huge successful season for Tech. So if you look at it that way, so anytime a Tech person gives me a hard time, I just think, you know, that school would kill to go 8-4, and four, but it just doesn't happen very often. So that's another point I have to say. Um, another thing, another stat that I want to point out, and this is just like, this was an eye-opener for me. Since A&M has joined the SEC in 2012, we have the fourth most wins in any SEC program in those years. And we're only behind Georgia, LSU, and Alabama. So that was kind of an eye-opener for me. That was a cool stat. I know uh, we're, we're not over that hump yet of, of you know, getting to the Big 12 game or to the SEC championship game. But I tell you what, we're a hell of a lot closer to being one of those top dogs than Tech will ever will be so I can live with that I think that's all I got um I love you boys I still I love you know I'll root for tech I live here in Lubbock I married a red raider you know I still got love for him but sometimes you boys make it so hard to root for Texas Tech <laughs> all right Brent I'm glad you got that that was a little more than I was expecting but we deserved it um, all I got to say is for one, it's Raider Rash, not Chlamydia. Um, by the way, I hope you have fun sleeping on the couch. That's all I got to say about that. Bethany is literally staring bullets through me right now. I, I'm As she should. She is I, so mad at me and <laughs> I deserve it. I guess I, I'm. I love you, Bethany. <laughs> I really hope that at some point during this podcast, I just see Bethany give you a swift backhand right across the face. Yeah, she's yelling at me quietly. Like, you can't hear it, but she's yelling at me as we speak. Bethany, if you can hear me, you are my hero because that was honestly not as bad as I, I thought it was going to be. Uh, at least, you know, Dana and I were laughing through it. You know, we we muted ourselves out of respect for your for your five minutes of an uninterrupted talk because, you know, it's pretty hard for us to keep our mouths shut as we proved last week. But, uh, Dane, better or worse than you thought? I mean, for me, that was way, way, way better than I expected. Well, I know that Brent would take it lighter on us than we would take it on him. So I'm not surprised, but he definitely he made some good points, but he definitely could have gone at us a little harder if he wanted to. But I, I do expect some flack from uh, from the Red Raiders that listen to this podcast. I 
fully believe that the Robex phones are going to be blowing up after that. Yeah. And, you know, whenever we send in that stat about, you know, Tech being one of the five teams not being ranked in the top 25 of the college football playoff era, um, I think you were the first one to say, this can't be true, can it? And isn't it a shit show that that is a real stat and just shows the dysfunction that we've had? Um, wow. And it and it's painful and it hurts, and we're not going to scratch that anywhere close this year. But um, Brent, to wrap up, you know, your AM talk, I know you went into it, but you deserve to still be able to, you know, if you'd like to, I'm not going to make you do anything. If you'd like to recap last week, you are more than welcome to. But if you would also like to dive into, uh, you know, this week, um, tell us a bit about, you know, where your head is at. You know, we, we tried to tear you down from the from the roots last week. But, you know, where's your heart at as an AM fan? You talked about some optimism, but... Um, you know, going through these last few weeks and this, you know, where's your head at at this point in the season? Well, you know, still disappointed, Slade. We go to Ole Miss, you know, play number 10 team in the country, but you know it's going to be close, and, and sure enough it was. The only promising thing is the second, like, for once, our defense got roasted, or I guess we should say for the second time this season. Going into that game, we're, you know, number one defense in the SEC when you look at the numbers, and then they freaking flame us. That that number nine receiver, he was mossing every cornerback we put on him, and it was pretty bad. But I guess the only positive we could take away from that game is the fact that our offense actually came alive the second half and, and actually looked like a good offense, but still lose the game. It's, it's sad. It's another on-the-road loss for Jimbo Fisher. It's it's a scary stat. But it's so annoying because he did just good enough in the second half for people to, you know, get off his back, which is annoying to me. But it's still just disappointing. We play Mississippi State this week. We should win, uh, make ourselves bowl eligible. And, you know, we hope to go make some noise against LSU at the end of the season. But, I mean... It's just like a, it's an average, you know, feeling average right now. I got a question. I guess this is for both of y'all. Uh, I mainly want Brent's perspective. Do you like Lane Kiffin just as a coach or a guy? Like as a, a guy who has zero care for what happens in the SEC and who gets first or last, I love him. I think he just stirs up the pot and I love it. But I feel like if I liked to, or if Tech was in the SEC or something, I feel like I would just hate them. What do you think? I can honestly say I'm trying to think here of if there's anyone I hate more. I could I could probably say he's my most hated coach. Just the way he carries himself, and he has a vendetta against Jimbo Fisher and AM. Like he constantly comes after us. And what's so annoying is that they keep freaking beating us. So it's like Okay, Jimbo, like you're getting owned right now. You can't really say anything, but oh my gosh, he comes after A and M so much, and it is very frustrating. I don't like him. Just the way he carries himself, too. I just hate him. What is the like? I knew that him and Jimbo always got into it. Was that because of all the the we don't pay our players and all that shit? Is that why that they go after each other? Is there more history on there? That is definitely where it started, and it has just gone from there. 
Lane, I mean, I tell you, he, like, even after this past week, the win, Ole Miss came out with this video on Twitter, and, I mean, it is just fueled by Lane Kiffin's hate for A&M. But, like I said, they keep freaking beating us, and it's just, it's frustrating. But, yeah, he, uh, I don't like that guy. Yeah, fair enough. Um, He does seem like a real McD bag, for sure, but... Moving into the the tech talk, you know, if as long as, as long as Brent, I, I again, Brent, do we have like permission to move on to the tech talk? This this podcast is solely, you know, to your liking. Do, do I have your do I do I have your blessing to talk about tech in a kind of lighthearted way? You can, yeah, it's like you can talk about tech. That's allowed. Okay, I appreciate that, Brent. Um, moving into this week, tech, you know, had to. We talked about it last week. We described it. Dane said it was a must win. I said it was a must-show-up game. Uh, ended up pulling out that one against TCU uh, with the help of a you know little four-legged animal friend with the possum. Uh, that was electric by all means. Possum rushing the field. Dane, is it something about Lubbock at you know at night whenever just stupid crazy shit happens? You know, how did this game feel? How did the possum add to the environment from your perspective? Uh, how do you think the fans should use this possum as motivation going forward? Um, well, if you're saying crazy shit at the Jones at night, if you're talking about the, the possum and stuff like that, then yeah, that's awesome. But if you're talking about like crazy winds and stuff happening at night in the Jones, that's not a thing anymore. I've, I said that back whenever we were playing Oregon, that Joey had a chance to bring that narrative back into the picture. Cause really ever since Mahomes left, that has not been the case. We have not been a threat at all. So I, that part's out of the picture. But what what stood out to me in this game was Baron Morton played like a dog. He I thought that he played phenomenal. After what he practiced for the first time since West Virginia, since the week of West Virginia or something like that, it goes 28 of 36 for 280 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, he just absolutely went off. That was... Very, very good to see. I was very nervous for uh, how he'd be playing after coming back from that injury and no one really knowing how healthy he is. Uh, so that was really good to see. I think there's just there's still a chance that we can make a bowl. Um, gotta gotta go win this one because I don't I don't think there's any chance we can beat Texas in two weeks. I disagree. I don't think there's I don't think there's a zero percent chance. I think Texas is going to be a tough game, especially with it being in Austin. But um, with their with, you know with their backup quarterback situation right now, they look very human. Uh, they looked very human in that second half against K State. By the way, bananas play call to go for it uh, for two on on your you know in for the first overtime to win it. I get that you're in an away game, a big, you know, Big 12 game against a high-ranked rival, but Kansas State controlled that second half. I don't know, you know, how many of our listeners care to even hear about that or didn't watch the game, but I just want to say that that was a bogus move in my mind, and I know that if Joel McGuire listened to the analytics and went for two on that, that people would be freaking livid in Lubbock and overreacting, you know, as we always do. Yeah, it's like uh, you were talking about Texas and their backup quarterback situation. Quinn Ewers, he's back. Uh, they announced that he's going to be starting this weekend, so I guess that idea kind of goes out the window. I was really kind of hoping that he would be done for longer. Um, but 
I saw someone put on Twitter, and this is something that's crazy to think about. Brent, pay attention. Um, <laughs> so let me just paint the picture here. For We're in the final week of the college football playoff. Like They are picking who's in, who's out. Okay, so you got, let's say, one, two, and three are filled with undefeated teams. Okay, so with that four spot, you have either Texas with one loss or Bama with one loss. Okay, so I know that sounds crazy because, I mean, really, if you're going just off of one loss and it's both the teams, Bama should get in because they're probably playing harder competition. But also, Bama lost to Texas. So, who would get in in that scenario? Is that not crazy? And that that could be a big chance. What do y'all think? That is such a tough question. At first, I was thinking, oh, Bama. But then you, I forgot. It was Texas that beat Bama. I think that, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the the playoff committee always takes head-to-head matchups like they really make that important. So if they're going to be consistent, that means they would put Texas up there. But my goodness, it would be hard to not put Alabama in there if they just won the SEC championship. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I I don't know. That is a great question. Yeah. Oh, it seems like no matter what they do, if that is the situation, no matter who they pick, that'd be wrong. Slade? Oh. It's either going to be – oh, go ahead, Slade. No, sorry. What I was going to say is like for the crazy thing is is you think about that scenario and then you think about, you know, let's just say as of right now, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State went out. Those three are obviously in. Well, then who is the one-loss team do you put in? Like Ohio State with how big they view the Big Ten, you know, they would have beaten Penn State, um, you know, would have played in all the games, beaten Notre Dame. Or do you go over to the, you know, to the Pac-12 where Oregon has been, you know, otherworldly other than losing to a, you know, amazing performance by Michael Penix with Washington, you know, or is it Washington that goes undefeated and gets in? Like it's, it's all open for the taking. And, you know, this is one of those years where you're like, man, I feel like Alabama is a really, really good team. And they are, you know, we think one of the four best teams should be in the college football playoff, but Damn, they might not make it in just because look at everybody else. It's crazy. That this is where you want that larger playoff because there is a lot of those, you know, top teams that you stack it out to even eight teams, and that college football playoff gets a lot more interesting. You took the words right out of my mouth, Slade. I was just about to say, this is what gets me so excited for next year. This is the last year we have to do this, where we have to pick, you know, four teams only. I'm so excited, which We'll still be doing this next year of, of who's going to get those last two or three spots, but it's just going to be nice to have a 12-team playoff and you know let more people into the big dance. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, and I can't wait to see Tech next year. There next year, you know, rebound year. Uh, Joey McGuire coming for the heads, uh, but you know, first we got to beat Kansas, baby, and it's going to be a tough one. Kansas is a pretty dang salty team, and I think the spread says a lot about how we feel as Tech fans. You know. Kansas ranked number 16 in the country right now, seven and two, you know, coming off a big win. They, they are looking, you know, not like any other Kansas team we've ever seen before. They look like a legit big 12 contender. Let's, you know, we're not an SEC contender. 
because Brent made that very clear. They're a big, big, 12, big 12 contender, and that's very different. I totally admit that. Uh, but, you know, they're only favored by four right now, which, you know, with a four and five tech team that has looked awful at times, and, you know, we looked like we could never win a game uh, just a few weeks ago when Barron was out. Um, but you get Baron Morton back, and it feels like a different team. We felt like we saw a different quarterback. And I personally think that that was one of the smartest games I think I've seen him play. Uh, you know, he wasn't doing just stupid, dumb shit all over the place. But, um, Dane, looking at this as a betting man, I know that you like to hedge your bets against your heart and your love for tech. But do you think that that spread kind of says something about, you know, Vegas's belief in tech, or is it – a disbelief in Kansas. How do you see it? I don't really know what to feel there, Slade. Uh, I mean, Kansas came off of a really, really tough and emotional game, big win. Maybe that has a little play in it. I really doubt Tech is getting much respect from Vegas right now, but hell, I don't know. I, I really don't think I know anything about gambling anymore. Brent, last thing on college football, you know, we talk about, you know, we're losing OU and we're losing Texas in the Big 12 this next year. OU going to the SEC this last week and we saw the last Bedlam game ever, possibly one of the best rivalries in all of college football. And it ended in spectacular fashion, just like you knew it would. Do you feel like teams have a responsibility to try to keep these rivalries alive, even though, you know, conferences realign and whatnot? You're getting that A&M and Texas rivalry back ignited again, which feels that all is right in the world. But these little rivalries that you lose that are so important to the colleges themselves and just college football in general, is there a responsibility to try to keep these alive or is it just, you know, money talks and BS walks? Well, I feel like what I, I guess I shouldn't say, I think if both schools wanted I think even if both schools wanted to make it happen, I don't know if the conferences would allow it. You know what I'm saying? When they make those those deals with other conferences for like two or three game series, I think it'd be cool, you know, if if OU and OSU played every single year. If it, I think it'd be cool if Texas and A&M would have been playing all these years. But really, I don't even think both of those schools wanted to do that. And I'm not sure if OU and OSU want to do that either. So I feel like it's it would be so cool if that was possible. But even if both schools wanted to, I don't think the conferences would allow it or make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. And, and just to kind of wrap that up, in my perspective of it, I think you're right. I don't know if OU necessarily wants to keep playing Bedlam. I think they want to be seen as – you know, we're taking the next step in our program. We're going to the SEC. We're going to go play Alabama. You know, we're going to go play Georgia. We don't need to play OSU anymore. But from a conference standpoint, there's no way that that can't make sense money-wise to keep traditions like that alive and just honor that, you know, one game a year because you would just think it makes bukus of money, you know, both ways around. But uh, that I'm, I'm never a commissioner. I never will be. So, that shows you that I probably don't know what's going on up there. But moving into the NFL sector, we saw some big games, and most notably, we talked about it last week, the Dallas Cowboys versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Big, huge game, and it was a you know grueling game just like we thought it would be. Brent, does this game disappoint you? Does it give you any you know comfort that 
the boys stuck in there and they didn't really seem to play their best game. And we're still right there. Philadelphia didn't look unbeatable. You were just as physical with them at times. How did you feel about this game? Is there any, you know, moral victories in here? Or was it just a loss to a really, really good Philadelphia Eagles team? In my eyes, it's a loss to a really good team. But I'm okay with it, as weird as that sounds. I don't want to beat them. You know, it's hard to beat. I want to go win the next one. But... I don't want to beat them twice because, you know, it's hard to beat a team three times in a row, and there's a great chance we meet back up with them. So I always feel like in these big, you know, regular season games between teams that will potentially meet up in the playoffs, I never really look into it too much. You know, every time the Bengals and the Chiefs play or the Bills and the Bengals play, everyone hypes it up, and, yeah, it's a big game because they're all fighting for that number one seed. But – it's almost like you don't want to show them your stuff. You know, you don't want to bring out those plays that are you know are going to work when you need them. And I just, I'm okay. I don't, of course, I don't like them losing, but I'm not upset with it. I'm not sitting there saying we're not even close to this team because that wasn't the case. This was a game of inches. I mean, two of those plays that came down to literally inches that could have drastically changed the game. I'm okay with it. It's... I wouldn't say it's a moral victory, but I'm definitely not sitting there saying, oh my gosh, we're not even close to being able to play with the Eagles. Well, you said it it came down to a game of inches. In my opinion, it came down to poor time management. It's like a broken record with Mike McCarthy. I mean, you get down to the end in that play where I think Dallas false started. They were going to run Dak up the middle, and he was going to get sacked. I mean, if you didn't see that right before they blew it dead, they were going to run a quarterback draw, and he was going to get stopped right then and there. They got so lucky that they had a false start. And it's just, it's the same old BS with McCarthy. I just, I can't believe he's still doing shit like that. But that's just, that's the one thing that stood out to me in the end of that game was just, just poor, poor timely decisions in the end. Keeping it on Brent, you know, we talked a lot about this going back to college football. I know we said we were done talking about it, but Brent, you've been a big, a big vocal point on, you know, don't, don't rush the field for every emotional win. This isn't, you know, this is, this is not what it used to be where you only rush the field. If you beat the number one team, you only rush the field. If it's life changing win for your program. Well, I want to ask how you feel about lighting up a cigar in the locker room. How do you feel whenever you look at the Raiders who are now sitting at a abysmal four and five, just fired their head coach and they're lighting up some freaking victory cigars and posting everything on that social media. How does this feel? You know, I know you're, you're not one for celebrating moral victories. How does this feel whenever they're lighting up cigars? (laughs) You know, Slade, honestly, I didn't even know that happened. But I can just picture Jimmy G freaking lighting up a stogie, and I'm here for it. I mean, those guys, from what it sounds like, they just hated their coach, and so they finally fired him, and then they go get a win. You got to be happy for him. I mean, whatever works, right? So I don't know. I am against rushing the field when it's you know not necessary, but hey, a post-game stogie, you can't, come on. That's a classic. 
Yeah, absolutely. Dane, uh, your Jets and my Cardinals definitely did not get to light up uh, some post-game cigars. I, I told Dane pre-podcast last week that uh, Clayton Toon, the third-string quarterback, just might be him. Um, turns out the guy that was him is now in Minnesota, and we gave him away for a six-round pick, and Clayton Toon uh, was not him and got absolutely torched. Uh, you know, speaking of, you know, the, the, the guys we used to call him on the podcast, Dane, Zach Wilson, it's getting to where Robert Sala isn't defending him at the podium. Is there anything left for the Jets to do? Does this say that they should have made a move at the trade deadline? You know, at what point do you just kind of cut it off and let the season die out from a fan perspective? I have no idea why they haven't done that already. I mean, Zach Wilson had a stretch of a few games where, I mean, he he played okay. Like, he played good, not great. Um, and it all came down to their defense. Their defense made the good plays and put him in good spots. And he was starting to get a lot of credit. And I do think he's gotten better. But it starts right there at that O-line. That O-line is awful. They are just terrible. Doesn't matter who you throw back there. It's not going to work. Um, but I don't, I don't know. Robert Sala not defending him at the podium, not saying he needs to by any means, but it almost sounds to me like he doesn't get the call on who starts. And that's what a lot of people are talking about. And hell, maybe he doesn't, maybe he's just defending him because he's told to defend him. Now he's finally sick of it. And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to plead the fifth. And he literally said that on the podium when he was asked if he was going to be benched or why he hadn't been benched. He said, I'm going to plead the fifth. I mean, that's just screaming, someone else is making me do this. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's one of those where Robert, or Sala has come up to the podium and gone to bat for Zach Wilson many, many times. And it looked like a coach who was just like, I have, literally don't have anything I can defend him with anymore. And that's the point where you're starting to look around the locker room and go, holy, you know, we're about to lose this locker room. So, uh, scary times for the Jets. I hope they get it back on track. Speaking of guys that need to get it back on track, 49ers coming off a bye week. Brock Purdy spent some time in the combine, got his mind right. Hopefully, you know, let his head heal a little bit. Um, we've seen what concussions can do to great quarterbacks, especially last season with, you know, Tua Tagovailoa. So, we definitely don't want that happen to our guy, uh, Brock Purdy. This week, they're going to come in and have a game against the J- very hot Jaguars. And then you have the Lions playing, you know, a very capable, very streaky, very hot Chargers. Brent, as a Cowboys fan, looking at this, these are not the same old Lions. And the 49ers looked dominant at first, looked like the best team hands down in the NFC. Now they look human. If the if the Cowboys had to face one of these two teams today in the playoffs, who would you rather face? Would you rather take on the 49ers with that defense of Brock Purdy and Brendan Ayuk, all those guys? Or are you going to take your chance against the gritty, you know, bite your kneecaps off Lions? You know, just based off of history, it, it makes me pick the Lions. I think that Dak has a weakness against the 49ers, and the 49ers just have a pretty uh, a good win streak of kicking us out of the playoffs. So my answer is the Lions – and, and honestly, as I'd like the 49ers, but if I'm going to lose to a team, I want it to be the Lions because I like the Lions and I like Dan Campbell. So my pick is I'd rather go and play the Lions. 
You heard it here first. Brent hates farmers because he doesn't want to want Brock Purdy to succeed. Um, <laughs> he's one of us, and Brent obviously not a fan. So, um, you know, right now just looking at the score, uh, 10-9. Panthers over the Bears in Thursday Night Football. Uh, poor, you know, shout out to Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit and the guys having to call out that game because, ooh, that's a rough one to watch. But it means a lot to me because, you know, the draft is coming into coming into play now for the Cardinals and everybody else. And really, I wish both teams could, could win tonight, um, could get a tie maybe and help me out. But um, looking into that, you know, draft segment, do you all think it's crazy whenever they start saying that, Marvin Harrison, the receiver from Ohio State, could be the number one pick. Is it absolutely stupid to take number one overall wide receiver whenever you see how much talent comes towards the end of the first and into the second? How do you all feel about you know draft philosophies? Should you, no matter what, take one of the top quarterbacks, or is it just by need and take a generational wide receiver? Brent? Well, I've, I I think that – it all depends on uh, who your guy is. Like, if you don't have a strong quarterback draft class, then and you're not sold, absolutely sold on one guy, then either trade it away or go get a for sure talented wide receiver if you want. But really, more times than not, we see it every year. The number one overall pick, they need a quarterback really, really bad. And so that's usually what they end up getting unless they go defensive route. Uh, I don't know. Has there ever been a wide receiver taken number one overall? Larry Fitzgerald was taken at number four. I know that. Um, I, I don't know. I I don't think so. Not that I can remember. Um, but no, that that one's just crazy to me to think about. And I I sure hope that the Cardinals don't do that. As great as it would be to have him there. Um, but you know, Dane, I'm gonna quit babbling. I know that you got some stuff teed up for us. I'm gonna let you take it away. All right, so what we're doing here, boys, is we're going to do a blind rankings, okay? So I'm going to have a category. There's five options, and they're just going straight down a list, okay? And y'all are working as a team to create this list, one through five. One's the best, five's the worst. You don't know what's coming next. That's what makes it a blind ranking, okay? So for this one, uh, Slade, you go first. Uh, we're gonna, the category for this round is fast food. Okay, so with the uh, the first option is Wendy's. Where do you want it? One through five. See, I'm not as big of a fan. I know that you love Wendy's, but for me, it's not something that I go to daily. But it is solid, so I'm going to put it at a solid three. Okay, uh, Brent, now you get Subway. <laughs> oh, man. So this is hard because... Subway is, is baller, and but I'm afraid you're gonna throw like Chick Fil A and Whataburger out there. But oh my gosh, you know I gotta go. I'm going number two. I'm gonna put Subway at two. All right, number two, Slade. Now you get McDonald's. Oh, see, McDonald's is a staple, and it's consistent, and it's cheap. But you're not going there for the quality. You're not going there for the health. So I'm going to put it at four, but I respect what they have done for the fast food program. All right. Brent, you called me out. You got it. Whataburger. Give me number one. And if you pick Chick-fil-A next, I'm going to be pissed because we're putting that at five. But I got to put Whataburger at one. 
And in the five slot is Chick-fil-A. I have these all already written down. That way y'all know. I knew that one was kind of a doozy. Um, but I just kind of wanted to set y'all up and let y'all know what's coming. Okay. So the final list on that, one through five, is Whataburger, Subway, Wendy's, McDonald's, Chick-fil-A. Okay. Questionable list. Now. So really, it was Slade that really screwed us on that one with the Wendy's at three. I agree. Yeah. That was rough. Sorry. (laughs) Okay, so now we're going to go to snacks. Okay, these are any kind of snacks. All right, Brent, you have the first option here. You got Chex Mix. (laughs) Well, if this was Dane ranking, I know he'd put that at number one. (laughs) Um, Chex Mix. Man, this doesn't feel right, but I'm going number four. I'm putting it at four. Okay, Slade, Popcorn. Five. I'm not a big popcorn guy. I mean, it's it's great, but it doesn't beat Chex Mix. I don't know. I like Chex Mix more. Hey, that's fair. Popcorn's kind of that situational snack. You know, you just don't want it all the time. It's situational. Um, okay, Brent, you got chips. Well, this is a toss-up. I mean, are we talking like Any? ruffles? Are we talking like the kettle-cooked jalapeno Miss Vicky's? Or what are we talking? Let Let's just say you get the value pack of small bag of chips from Walmart where there's like four different varieties. It's just average chips. That hurts it. So four and five have been taken? Correct. Then I'm going three. Okay. Slade, you got beef jerky. Beef jerky is a protein, a staple. I don't know what you're going to throw out next. I'm going to put it at one because it can be done at a very high level. I like that. I like that a lot, Slade. In the two slot, y'all have pickles. Dude, okay. you're a real jackass for this. I don't like this. I'm just, I'm just, I'm reading, I'm giving you the content. I mean, come on. Your final list there for snacks was beef jerky, pickles, chips, Chex Mix, and popcorn. Okay? All right. Chex Mix got snubbed. Yeah. All right. So now for the next category, we're doing head coaches. Okay, this is... Not who you would want to play for. It's who would you want coaching your team, okay? And by the way, I'm just going to let you all know, these are all current and they're all NFL head coaches. I didn't I didn't put any of the juggernauts in there. I'll go ahead and tell you all that, okay? So number one, uh, Slade, you got this, Mike McDaniels. The dude is a wizard. He's a little bit quirky, but I think he'd be fun to play for. But I'm 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 hoping for a more motivational guy. But you know, he's just a fun one. I'm gonna put him at two. I like him, and I think he's a I think he's an offensive whiz. I don't hate that, Brent. You have your boy Zach Taylor. <laughs> oh. Slade, you're probably gonna get pissed at me. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna put him at one. No. <laughs> hey, he he's made it to a Super Bowl. I mean, he's I made know. it. So. That's my thing, and and he will win one. He will win one. I, I'm sorry, Slade. That probably screws us here in the next few rounds. But I'm putting him at one. I don't, I don't think that's a bad one. Y'all are okay. So this next one, Slade, you got Dan Campbell. 
See, this is why Brent sucks because I would want to play and I would want Dan Campbell on my team or coaching my team before I would Zach Taylor. I want the kneecap biter. I have to put him at three, though, because Brent wants, you know, Zach Taylor, the guy that looks like every other white dude on the street, up at number one. So we'll put that guy up there. Okay, Brent, you have spots four and five left. Your coach is Kevin O'Connell, the Vikings head coach. I'm going to put him at five. I mean, great guy. You got to love him, but I'm going to put him at five. Yeah, I can't tell if he's a good coach or not, but he seems like he'd be awesome to play for. Uh, in y'all's four slot, four slot, you got Kevin Stefanski of the Browns. I don't think that's a terrible list. Uh, one through five, you got Zach Taylor, Mike McDaniels, Dan Campbell, Kevin Stefanski, Kevin O'Connell. That was probably y'all's most solid list. If Josh Dobbs is able to keep the win streak alive and help you know the Vikings get into the playoffs, Kevin O'Connell could be in position to get a coach of the year. Just saying. Go for it. That's not outrageous. Okay, uh, now the new category is sports movies. Um, it's you got football, basketball, and baseball. All these kinds of movies in here. Okay, Brent, your first. Your movie is Hoosiers. Oh. So this is solid, but I know there's going to be some good ones coming up here. I'm, I'm putting it at four. Man, Coach Schrader, if he listens to this, he's going to be so mad at you. <laughs> okay, Slade, yours is a We Are Marshall. Five. Um, you know, good story. I didn't love the movie as much as I know some of these other you know movies that I feel like should be on this list, so five. Yeah, it's a really good movie there. Brent, you got The Sandlot. <laughs> uh, so far, Slade, we're doing really good, but this is a tough one. I'm, you know, I'm putting, it, I'm putting it at two. I'm putting it at two, and I like that. I put it at two. It's a classic. That's a legendary movie. Some good quotes. Uh, give me Sandlot at two. You're killing me, Smalls. All right, Slade, your movie is Coach Carter. It's a good one, but I'm 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 doing this because I'm hoping the movie that's in my brain should be a lock at the number one. I'm putting it three. Uh, you know, take your hat off, Mr. Cruz. Uh, but you know, I love love Mr. Carter or Coach Carter. Go for it, Dane. <laughs> oh, Mr. Carter, that's funny. Uh, so I know what you're hoping for, and it's not there. I left it off because it was the obvious number one. Um, in your one slot, though, you have Rudy, which is a, a good. It's a good movie. It shouldn't be number Wait, one. How could you pick that as the last movie? Hey, what, what did you think the last one was going to be? I, well, I thought it should be Remember the Titans. I thought that one was the number one. You know, it's the only one if you're going to put it above the Sandlot. And, you know, the iconic Wendy Peppercorn scene, you could put Remember the Titans up there. But, you know, Dane decides to throw Rudy in our face. You know, the movie that we all watched a million times on the bus going to every away game for the football game. Uh, It's a good movie. It's not better than Remember the Titans or the Sandlot. Dane's a jackass. He's an L7 weenie. Go for it, Dane. (laughs) Uh, I I thought about telling you all that Remember the Titans wasn't going to be on there just because it's the obvious number one. But that's the beauty of the blind rankings. You just never know. So your final list there was Rudy, Sandlot, Coach Carter, 
Hoosiers, and we are Marshall. Okay? So this is the last one that I have. Okay? These are what I call Brent cuss words. Okay? These are these are the kind of words or phrases that Brent uses instead of, you know, most of the normal cuss words that other people use, okay? Uh, who goes first on this one, Brent? I think I do. Slade, okay, Slade, you go first. Your first word is shoot. <laughs> shoot, uh, that's a good one, shoot. Um, mm, it can be used in a lot of ways, but I just really prefer to say, you know, the good old shit. So I'm going to put it at four. It's just overused. Okay. Brent, your word is biatch. That's not a good one. I, I'm putting it at five. I hope there's some better ones coming up. Okay. Uh, Slave, yours is dadgummit. Ooh, dadgummit. A good dadgummit feels good. That one actually has a good effect like a curse word does. Um, I, I think biatch was slept on, especially whenever you think the b- bench warmer scene. What does biatch mean? Biatch yesterday. You know, <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, dadgummit. Dadgummit is going to go... At a solid number two, Dad Gummit has a good feel whenever you let a Dad Gummit rip. Okay, now Brent, your word is rats. <laughs> I never say rats. <laughs> I never say that. This is fake news. This is all fake news. I'm putting it at three. I have no idea what you're gonna say at one, but it's <clears throat> rats is yeah. number three. Yeah, rounding it off in the one spot is fuck. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh man, I feel like the Pat McAfee show. I feel like we need to wipe off, you know, zero episode <laughs> episode since our last F bomb. <laughs> Dang. That's great, all I, great list. That's great all I got. Statement. Back to you. Great job, Dane. Uh, we're 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 probably rambling on too much. I don't know if anybody's listening, but that was an all-time you know triple F moment. So we hope y'all were listening for that. We're gonna go ahead and get into our picks of the week. Um, Super Dogs. We had a lot of you know similarities last week. We had three teams picking the same Super Dog again. Our Super Dog segment is where we pick you know the biggest underdogs in college football and NFL. And we try to, you know, win some points against the spread. And, <laughs> you know, we, we poked a lot of fun at the Aggies last weekend, Dane. Well, we've also poked a lot of fun at Chad in this segment. And, uh, you know, he came back wanting, wanting some more after last week. And he decided to take Cal, go back to his really big super dog strategy. He took Cal plus 24 and a half, and they lost to Oregon by 44. So he lost 19 and a half points against the spread. So he is now down 115 and a half points down against the spread. Uh, outrageous, Chadillac. We're rooting for you to get back on track here. But then the next three teams all took Mizzou plus 15 and a half with Eric, Dane, and Brent all gaining six and a half points against the spread because Georgia only won by nine. Eric is now 16 and a half points in the hole. Dane is 21 and a, or 21 points into the hole, and Brent. 36 points above the spread. Absolutely killing it. He has been on a complete heater whenever it comes to the Superdogs. And then I am plus 30 after my 8.5 point win last week. I took OSU, Oklahoma State, you know, to cover. 
five and a half point spread in the last Bedlam game. They ended up winning by three, so I got eight and a half points sitting in second place. Dane, take us away with some of the picks you got on your phone over there and hopefully give us something to get Chad back on track. Alrighty, so we'll start with Chad. Uh, shit, I didn't even look to see who they're playing, uh, but Chad's taking USC plus 15. Does anybody know who they're playing? Oregon. Oregon. Okay, wow. Okay, so plus 15 against Oregon. Uh, lock that one in for Chad. Again, I didn't do this on purpose, but me and Eric had the same super dog. Uh, so both of us are taking Duke plus 14 and a half against North Carolina. In my opinion, North Carolina is so bad at blowing out teams. And so they usually they usually win these type of games, but they win them really close and really late. So give us Duke plus 14 and a half. I'm going to go ahead and go. So I feel like this week's I'm going with Kentucky plus 11. It's scary to bet against Alabama. I was so confident that Alabama was going to win last week, and they did. But everything about this is just screaming a narrow Alabama escape victory. I think that Kentucky playing at home, 11 a.m. kickoff, that place is going to be rocking. It's early. Alabama just came off a huge win. So I think that Kentucky is going to keep it close and make it interesting. So my uh, super dog is Kentucky plus 11. Love all the picks. I like a lot of super dogs this week. Miami, I don't, I'm not picking them, but I just want to shout out this game for a second because, you know, Miami coming off an ugly loss playing against number four, Florida State, who's looked human at times. They're a 14 point dog. I wouldn't mind sprinkling a little bit on Miami there, but ultimately, my super dog pick is going to be Utah plus nine and a half. Uh, you know, they're going to play Washington, but Washington rarely blows out really good teams. Even last week, really struggled, you know, to pull away at the end against USC. Um, they're 9-0, and but I still don't feel like they are the best team in the conference. I think Oregon is better than them overall. So I'm going to take a good Utah team to go in there, play it scrappy, and, you know, give me Utah plus nine and a half. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was our Super Dog segment of the week. And now it's our Bet the Farm time of the week, baby. And it is sponsored by the Beer Box. We hope y'all cashed in and drank that podcast away from last week. But you got some good tunes and some good times to crack along to this week. So, you know, get out of that cold weather. Go grab you a bottle of whiskey there at the Beer Box on Main Street. But this is our Bet the Farm segment. Now we're just picking spreads, wins, whatever your you know choice may be. Chad Lapp getting another big win with those cigar-smoking Raiders. He took him uh, minus one and a half and one by 24. He's now sitting at seven and three, leader of the clubhouse. Eric got a big win along with Brent. Five and five. He's there, middle of the pack, sitting even. Brent, or Dane, took a loss. He is now down back at four and six, you know, losing record. And he had a big hopes, you know, with Nebraska minus three and Michigan State, you know, pulled off the stunner after looking like a horrible team. Bad beat there, Dane. Brent. He got a win. Finally, he's back on track along with his super dogs. Uh, tagged along with Eric and, you know, took Bama minus three, and they ended up winning by 14. Great picks there. Brent sitting at three and seven. I am at six and four after a horrible loss from the Falcons, you know, getting beat up by Joshua Dobbs. Uh, you know, that really sucks whenever I not only lose my bet the farm pick, but I have to watch Josh Dobbs just rub it in my face as they take that win away from me and beat the Falcons by three. 
so that's our Bet the Farms linings. Uh, Dane, go for it. All right. Thank you, Slade. So, Chad, Thanks, to start Slade. it off, Chad is going to take – oh, go ahead. Bef- before you say Eric's, I don't want to know what his is, but I the cov- I don't say Eric's yet. Let me go first before Eric. Okay. Will do. Uh, so, Chad, he's doubling down on the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders are plus one at home against the Jets. I thought that line was crazy. I mean, I don't think the Raiders are a good team. They seem to have a little bit of momentum. Uh, so I don't hate that pick. Uh, so go ahead and lock that one in for Chad. Uh, Slade, you asked me about this game earlier. I was looking, and I hated everything out there. And so I'm trying to get myself into a win-win situation. So my bet the farm pick is Kansas minus four against Texas Tech. I hope like hell I lose this pick. I really hope that I do. Um, but hell, I, I don't know. Just go with Kansas. Brent? So that's very, you really surprised me there. I was going to pick Kansas, but I need to, I'm still going with it. No, I'm not. You just changed my mind. Dane, you really threw a curveball at me. <laughs> so I was going to pick Kansas. I was going to make this big deal about it, but I want to beat you in this whole competition, so now I gotta root for Tech and then go pick a winner. Hey, wait, Brent. There's still plenty of time for me to mess up this one one win spread I got going on. Don't you worry. Oh boy, yikes, Slade, come back to me. <laughs> Dane, take it away with. Well, so you don't want to know what Eric's pick is, though, do you? Y'all go ahead. I I gotta look at this. Okay. <laughs> I'll go ahead and take Eric's. Eric's was not Kansas. The reason Brent said that is Eric texted me before the podcast whenever he sent me his pick, and he said me and Brent will have the same one. I guarantee it. Uh, but Eric's bet the farm is the Bengals minus six and a half against the Texans. That sucks. I was going to take that one, um, but, you know, like like Brent does, if you can't beat him, you know, join him. I don't, I don't want to be that guy. Um, I'm going to look at something here. I like the Saints a little bit. I think the Vikings coming off, you know, an emotional win. Josh Dobbs, uh, he has a kind of up and down effect. He's a baller. Um, but I think everybody's thinking, well, now once they get into a rhythm and Josh Dobbs has, you know, a week to learn the plays, all of a sudden they're going to go and, you know, play it tight with a really good Saints team that's kind of getting things rolling at the right time. Um, I like the Saints and I'm just don't want to go with, Eric's pick, it's probably going to bite me in the ass, but give me the Saints minus three. I like it. Well, dang, I'm really pissed at you. Dude, just take the that. same. It's fine. I can't. I'm I, going want, I want to be Eagles. winning for one more week. Just give me one more week. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm going with the Bills. Monday Night Football, I've yet to pick a Monday Night Football game. I hate doing that because you're in, like, anxiety. You're, you have anxiety all weekend long. Give me the Bills minus seven. Broncos are still trash. It's in Buffalo. Give me the Bills minus seven. Hats off to Josh Allen. Let's hope that, you know, he can play like himself. But, you know, it felt good to have not just me and Dane on this podcast. Thank goodness for you showing up, Brent. And most importantly, thank you for bringing the bangers. And so without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, what you have missed most, 
Brent, take it away. Banger of the week. Thank you, Slade. Well, thank you all for listening, if you still are. I felt like this podcast was a lot better than last week's. Um, It was so fun. Good to be back in the studio. This week, we're going to end it with a song called Crossing Lines by Tanner Usry. It's a total banger. Hope you all have a good weekend. Go watch some college football. Go drink some brews. Hang out with some family and friends. Um, Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Good at putting on a face, singing songs no one will hear and tarnishing my name. Three pills, a whiskey drink, and hallucinogen, then telling friends I don't know when I'll see their face again. But I'm change from my wicked ways but I keep on doing all